Hello, welcome again to another episode of Behind the Lava Lava. I am your host or co-host, Johnny, and tonight we're continuing on AAPI. We have the, the usual suspects. We have Michael Tan, we have Milford Tiafala, and then we also have our two guests, Ati and Spence. I welcome you guys. So this is a continuation of our from our previous episode. We were talking about AAPI, or Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. We're going to open up today, and the, the, the running theme will be why we celebrate it and what, how to appreciate it. So how, or uh, wh why do we celebrate Asian American Pacific? Ah, that's a mouthful. AAPI. Chance? I guess I'll just hit on like specific dates a little bit. Uh, so I think it, just doing a generic uh, Google search, uh, started off in 1978. There was a congressional resolution that was passed initiating the first week or the first 10 days of the, the month of May to be designated as a, a day of a heritage remembrance, signifying the week to remember for the Asians, specifically uh, to remember two important milestones that happened during that month. One were the arrival of the Japanese and Chinese uh, workers to work on the uh, transcontinental railroad that initially started in 1843, and which wasn't completed until about 1869, uh, May 10th, 1869. And so those were one of the, the main reasons why this month was delegated uh, for for that, you know, group of minorities. It wasn't then until, uh, I think in 1990, the first Bush senior designated the whole month of May to be uh, Pacific Islander and Asian AAPI initially to be designated for that heritage month. So that's the, pretty much the history of why it really became the month of May. President Carter initially recognized the month of May, but it wasn't until President Bush in 1990 recognizing it the whole month of May as a heritage month for Asian and Pacific Islander. Yes, and President uh, Barack Obama changed the name from Asian Pacific Islander to Asian American and Pacific Islander. Oh. And it's important that we realize the significant contribution of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders to the American culture and society. And this includes science, medicine, literature, and art. And we're talking about sports, government, politics, and law. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Well, as a foundation, I think we've, we, we contributed a lot to the nation as a whole. There's a lot of innovations in medicine. Uh, there's been a lot of innovations in in uh, cuisine, culture, agriculture, and even architecture that's been influenced by either side. I know we as a Polynesian community, or even as Pacific Islanders, we, we don't fill the, the mold as much when it comes to that, but I think we do our part. As far as AAPI is concerned, I mean, it's recognition month. Yeah. I think one of the our biggest contributions is, I guess, the art of tattoo, tattooing. For the, right nowadays, that's, it's, that's the topic right now, you know, is who should, shouldn't, whatever. Just the word tattoo is the um, origin, or if you go to a little uh, history on the, of the word tattoo, it's actually derivative from our word tattoo, uh, which is tattooing for that matter. So, I mean, that's one, just uh, the art aspect of it. Oh, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember when I first learned about that with the the, you trace the etymology of tattoo. It's like, that's such a common, everybody understands that word and they, who speaks English. And I'm like, I wonder how many people know that comes from a Polynesian root. But when I think of contributions, I get it. I'm kind of guilty because I think uh, there's the go-to 
contributions that we make to sports and entertainment. We, everybody knows a Polynesian athlete or everybody knows The Rock. But uh, I think one of the biggest contributions to uh, America has this Heritage Month to celebrate our contributions is basically like we're all a testament of it here. Everyone in this podcast episode has been in the American military. America loves its military. And I remember reading year after year, I'll see an article that touches on this, that the recruitment rates coming out of islands and not just the Polynesian islands, also Guam and other American territories is higher in every single one of those islands than in any of the mainland states. The recruitment rate is really high among Polynesians. And so our country and my whole family being in the United States now, the Samoan side has everything to do with that. All my uncles joined the Marines and then they ended up coming to the, the States, bringing their families and here we are. You know, another contribution when I think about it very hard, a uh, specific honors. Thank you to all the uh, security guards keeping us safe. And thank you to Pacific Islanders supporting the buffet businesses, right? We're out there supporting the businesses and they're earning money because we love to eat. We're foodies. Now, I wonder if we cut into their profits though. <laughs> hey, don't forget all the forklift certifieds. Chance buffet by the airport. Oh yeah, man. I, I think they closed that down though, man. They closed, they closed uh, Chance buffet down when I, when I left, man. Okay. So pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> they had signs just for Samoans and not eating too much. <laughs> so then the next question I want to pose is who falls under this umbrella term of AAPI? To my understanding, it's the entire Asian continental East, the Southeast, the South Asia, and all the Pacific Islands. Who, who do you guys think? Name a few islands or Asian countries. Sam, walk out. Sorry, that's all I get. So for the, for the Pacific Islands, it includes the uh, Melanesia, Micronesia, Polynesia. At the beginning, they said native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islanders. I'm not sure why they separated it, but now we're all included under the same umbrella term. So we're talking about uh, Fiji, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu. Palau, Guam, Marianas, Wake Islands, the Hawaiian Islands, America, Samoa, Tonga, Tuvalu, Cook Islands, French Polynesia, Easter Islands, Kiribati, and for the Asian continent, I know uh, Indian subcontinents are included. So India falls under it. We're talking about China, Japan, North, South Korea. What other Asian countries can you guys think of? Pretty much the whole South China Sea, pretty much. Indonesia down there, Sri Lanka down there, Thailand, Cambodia, the Philippines, Cam yeah, Cambodia, yeah, Vietnam down there too, pretty much. If anything, I think Australia is in there too, New Zealand, you know. <laughs> There's one big ass island, and they include its indigenous population as well. Yeah, and the Filipinos too. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys know the answer to this. We might piss off some Filipinos, but they do they fall under? Asian or Pacific Islander? To my knowledge, they fall under Asian. Asian, yeah, I agree. I thought it was Pacific Islander. Pacific Islander. That it was Their classification is Pacific Islander. Is it? So, to my knowledge, according to the Filipinos, it just depends on where you're, yeah, where you live. The Filipino who are actually living in the Philippines, 
or the Filipino born in the Pacific Islands or mm. born in Hawaii or born in the States. So every, I think every Filipino, they either consider themselves Asian or Pacific Islander, depending on where they live. So the next question is, how can we celebrate AAPI Heritage Month respectfully? For me, one of the ways is, you know how the cities hold their own celebrations, their own events each month. The easiest way is for you to, you can Google or look up the city websites and find out when they're holding their festivals and just participate. What are some ways for you guys? I think that's essentially it, a festival or festival-ish type where you bring your culture and you put it on display in a public setting and you invite everybody and then you give them a taste and then maybe some background information. It, it could apply to every single one of those cultures. We all are unique and somewhat similar in our own terms. Yeah, one of the ways is finding a book from an AAPI author or watching binge watching a show created by a AAPI director. So basically watching a, a new TV show or reading a book from someone in the AAPI community. Another way is to uh, just raise awareness by joining initiatives like Stop AAPI uh, Hate. That's a initiative that's going around to show national awareness for hate crimes on the AAPI community. I guess uh, one way that I could contribute to it or raising awareness or even just in observation of celebrating the month is when it was Black History Month. Now, for those who don't know, I'm an aspiring professional artist. You can look at my art at Blue Popo Art on Instagram, U-L-U-P-O-P-O-A-R-T. Back in February, I made a few sketches of historical figures, one being Martin Luther King Jr. And just, just to post it, just to say, happy Black History Month. Here's somebody from Black History that is worth recognition. I could do something like that too. So far, I'm kind of guilty on that. I haven't really shown a light on this month through my art page, but it's probably something I should do going forward. If you ever need a model, just go ahead and let me know. I'll be more than happy to know. And, and uh, we could do that, you know. I might make you end up looking like Maui or something, you know. <laughs> That's serious. Maui with the mustache, you know. <laughs> so the, the next question is, how can we educate ourselves or others about AAPI history and culture? Well, I think one thing we could do is take things that people are familiar with, just like that little episode we talked about with the origin of the word tattoo. It's like, there's a lot of people who they know that word that they don't know it's a Polynesian word and just, just dropping some random facts like, hey, just so you know, I find this interesting, this is where that word comes from. Or, you know, what I've noticed a lot, even specifically about, about uh, Tatao is the popularity of Polynesian designs and everybody wanting to get that on their skin. I'm not personally opposed to it. I listened to your episode about, you know, you draw the line pretty much at the Pea and the Malu, but other than that, it's kind of free game. Enjoy our culture, celebrate it. For me, I do just like them to understand where it comes from. You want to get our designs on your skin? I just acknowledge it's where those designs came from. I, I watch a lot of MMA. I, I've noticed a lot of specifically Brazilian fighters are coming out with straight up Samoan and Hawaiian uh, tattoo on them. And I'm like, why do so many Brazilians have Polynesian designs on them? Because I'm like, is it just similar? But I'm looking at them like, that's a straight up Samoan tattoo, which is like, cool. 
I'm not against him having that. I'm just wondering, did this just really take off in Brazil? I don't know if anybody's familiar with Brazil. Maybe they can answer this for me. Actually, I'm kind of dumb because I know a bunch of Brazilians. I could just ask them. But I'm like, is this, it's just really popular in a lot of MMA fighters that are from Brazil, but they're rocking Polynesian tattoos. And so maybe just in my day-to-day -day life, if I run into somebody with that, just ask them, hey, do you know where that comes from? And just to share that knowledge with them. I think another good way is uh, to uh, find a bunch of guys that uh, think they know everything. And then you get together and one of them brings up a crazy idea to start a podcast. And then you talk about a meandering of subjects that have nothing to do with anything in your life experience, where you're basically shooting, making stuff up from the top of your head the entire time every week. And then you pick a subject called AAPI and then you invite a bunch of people come talk about it and then talk about it for everybody to see. Yeah, that's... that's or something the, like that, you know? That's the best way is uh, to talk about things we don't know about. Talk to some of the OGs. You know, my aunt, she's a math teacher in California over at good old Killer Ike, Eisenhower High School. But she's from Western Samoa. But I remember going through my parents' things. They went to BYU Hawaii just finding like this uh, collection of essays. And then it was one that my aunt had wrote about Samoan history. And it was, man, it was like, I knew my aunt was smart, but like the word, everything was big, big words and a higher reading level. And I was just amazed at how she was going through all historical significance of Samoans and whatnot. And never talked to her about it, but I bet if I talked to her or my parents, especially them coming straight from Western. There's a lot I can learn about our background. I think for any individual listening into the podcast, I think um, it's just taking initiative, being open-minded, especially trying to learn another culture uh, aside from your own culture. I know for me, I'm more of a, I'm more of a writer. I know I sent a bike of one of my writing just based on the U.S. citizenship thing. Of uh, why American Samoa should, shouldn't be American citizen. But uh, for me, if I take a deep, deep dive into Google or research and stuff like that, a lot of things will pop up, especially in this day and age where the power of everything is on our fingertips, especially the devices that we were carrying around. We're, we're carrying, pretty much carrying around laptops in our hands. You can do a simple research, you know, what's going on with, uh, with the South China Sea right now, different topics that can expand one's knowledge. I know uh, there's some things on, on Tungans that I didn't know that, that I did research on. And uh, another fun fact, Philippines uh, used to be a U.S. territory. I didn't know that until I did a little research. The Philippines used to be a U.S. territory, and then they decided to not want to be a U.S. territory. There's, there's tons of things out there that I try to discuss with friends, especially uh, one of the funny things that I've noticed so far, especially this month, is the, the, the females are the ones that actually get together. They're, they're more proactive and wanting to share our culture especially here in texas there's no guys there's no guys that are doing uh, the siva a lot, a lot of the, the group that i that i my, my lady joined in is uh, a lot of them are, are female soldiers they're getting together and doing their dances and you know i attended one of them and like i said we put out a table it was nothing but food from you know the our, our pacific island foods you know we had we had some sapasui you know little, little stuff and then on one table, we had nothing but uh, ornaments of all our culture, the uh, Sivakau, the 
you know, all the our uh, our weapons you know, that we used was just displayed on it for for the department that they were performing for for them to educate and learn about this month. And I guess that's uh, that's one of the ways. Just join a group, you know, whoever organizing it. And, Try to help them out, you know, especially with the dances. I fortunately I didn't cook my one of my favorite recipes for for their day, and I'm a really good cook myself. But they're having another one this Saturday, and then I'm thinking about cooking stuff for them just to, to you know, to spread our heritage here in uh, in good old El Paso. Dang, I need to come up to Texas, man. I'm hungry. Yeah, thank you, uh, Ati. And I think the simplest way to uh, educate ourselves and others is just to be a a friend, right? We can be friends with others who are outside our ethnicity. I know it makes us uncomfortable, but it's good to make friends. I, I make friends with other Asians. I have a Korean friend that I always talk to and I learn about his culture. And at the same time, he's learning from me. Another instance is if a ch your church asks you to do a luau and you don't know what to do a luau, fake it till you make it. I did a luau like a few years ago for my church, hired some people to entertain and I asked an uncle to come cook the food. But through that, through my actions, I was able to educate those in my church. And they were mostly, 95% of the church was Palangi. They were Palangi and I brought in that luau to serve food because we love food and at the same time, educate people on the Pacific Island culture. So the next question, and it's our last uh, topic for tonight, we're going to talk about anti-Asian violence. And this has been a rise since, there's, there's always been Asian violence here in the US since the beginning, since Asians moved here. But we're gonna talk about stories, our experience, especially the rise of Asian violence since COVID started. What are you guys' thoughts? Please, I'm part Chinese. Come assault me, please, please do. I think it just comes down to common decency. There's a quote, I, I listen to a lot of, I'm a truck driver, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Uh, that's how I stay awake on the road. I absolutely hate driving, disclaimer. But the, the common thing, I've, I've heard this saying a lot, and a lot of times the persecution of a group of people is usually in retaliation of something. And what I, the, the term or the, the phrase I keep hearing, and it's a quote, it's the sins of the father is not necessarily the sins of the son. I know we hear that a lot and uh, a lot of persecutions by persons of any ethnic group in the United States has always been in retaliation for something with mitigating circumstances aside. And a lot of the Asian violence has been due to just ignorance, 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 ignorance. And there's a, there's a lot more factors. This, to me, it's one of the biggest ones is ignorance. You think of something and you blame everything on them because somebody did something this or that. And I, it just comes down to being a good, decent human being. Just be a decent human being. Keep your hands to yourself. Worry about your own. Do your own. Be a good, productive member of society and move on with your life. Help out when you can. I've always liked that, that kind of small communities the, 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 because small communities, they, they're always willing to help each other out. They don't get caught up in big city problems. Everybody is always looking out for each other and it turns into like a more, it's just the, the more positive traits are passed around because those are the ones that are generally accepted. So I believe that a lot of these, man, you see it on the news, just ignorance of youth with the knockout game, just random the, the youth just walking up and attacking old folks. 
because they're they're easier prey. And some of them tend to be the Asian community. It sucks. Like, why? Why is that? Why should we be talking about it? Why, why are they taught common decency at home? Be a, de be a decent human being, not even at home, in school, in public, by your peers. Do unto others as you would have unto you. The golden rule. You want somebody, you want to go knock out yourself? Why would you do it to somebody else? You know, a lot of it just comes out to me. It's just common decency. Be a decent human being. And if you can't do that, then just keep your hands to yourself. Stay in your own bubble. And try not to, to make the world bad for everyone else because it sucks for you. I mean, I don't know what more I can really add. Because, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like every time I see violence directed towards anybody or any group, I just keep asking myself why, like why, why this, why and why now? It's like for as bad as things are, we just keep, seem to keep keeping them bad. It's like we've advanced society and technology, et cetera, for so like so far, but there's still certain biases that some people refuse to let go of. Where sometimes it's like I don't know if they're even even digging up something from the past, or if it's just somebody decides to internalize hatred towards somebody for whatever reason. People seem to, not all people, but some people's, there's always like the few bad eggs in the bunch that try to ruin it for everybody else. But all I can really say is just, I know it's just me kind of standing on platitudes, but it's, I, I condemn anybody who does that. And it's like, and if you're a person who wants to hurl violence at any group or person on, for the basis of their race or their background or their heritage, it's like, uh, I got a problem with you, like as a person. So like, it's just not something that I can ever reconcile or that I believe I could ever empathize with. It's like I can't because for as crazy as people are, I typically think that if I could have a conversation with somebody, they're not so much do I think they they could bring me around to understanding why they do what they do, but but maybe I could understand it. There are certain people that I, I don't understand how you can reconcile it. But then I look at uh, one of my, well, one person I look up to specifically is a man named Daryl Davis. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with him. Daryl Davis was a, he's a black man. He's like in his sixties now, I believe. He was a jazz musician and he was, he got well known because he was a guy who went out and he de-radicalized thousands of clan members. And what he did is he just started sitting down with them, talking to them, got to, and he started bridging the gap saying, hey, you like this kind of music? I'm a musician myself. And he just did this thing over years and years. He started using his connections because some racist guy would come to his music and say, well, I didn't know your people could play like that. It's like, why would you think that? And so he ended up bridging the gap just by having a conversation with them. And over the years, as these guys got to know him better, they're like, I don't think I can be a racist anymore. I can't be a part of this organization anymore because I know you so well. You're a decent human being and you're a black man. I'm not supposed to believe that. But the guy literally has like a, muse a museum's worth of hoods and cloaks that these KKK guys gave him as a symbol of them leaving that those organizations. And so it's like, I hope that in some way there's a way that I could have a conversation with somebody. But if I see a an act of violence happening. It's like, I'm not going to be talking to you first. It's like, you're going to put my hands on you. If you're putting hands on people I know that I love, or even if it's a stranger, I'm going to break that situation up first, but I don't know. I'm just kind of talking in circles now.
Yeah, thank you, Spence. Okay, well, in conclusion, this month of May is AAPI. So go out and celebrate. I'd like to thank our, our, our special guests, Ati and, and uh, Spence. I know you guys, uh, your inputs have been really, really amazing. You guys uh, bring a lot to the table. We're grateful for you guys and everything you guys have brought to us today. And my name is Johnny, and we'll catch you next time on Behind the Lava Lava. 